0: the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The Old Testament and the Gospel reading that we have today are about the call of God. We can say many things about the God of the Bible, but one of the things that is definitive about the God of the Bible is the God of the Bible is a God who calls. Jesus says of the Good Shepherd, he says, I am the Good Shepherd and I call each one of my sheep by name. Sometimes in the Bible, God calls people directly, and then sometimes he calls others, and they are the ones through whom his call is made known to his chosen. Here God calls Samuel directly, and Samuel is very important because he's the one through whom God calls David. And out of the house of David comes the Messiah, the Savior. The long-awainted, the long-awaited, anointed king who will reconcile men and women to God and reconcile them to each other and make friends out of enemies. This is the This is the one for whom Nathanael was praying under that fig tree. So in the gospel reading, we see Jesus calling the first disciples. The Father has sent the Son, and the Son is calling the disciples and the apostles. And through 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 the apostles and the disciples, we are here. We are all here because we've heard the call. We're all here because we've answered the call. We're all here because the call has come to us through the successors of Philip and Nathanael and the other apostles. In the ancient world, the call would go out for all the citizens to assemble. And when all the citizens had assembled, the Greek word for that is the ecclesia, and that's the word that we get the church from. You hear, you know, something ecclesiastical, that means of the church, and it, it goes back to that root. And what is the ecclesia? It's literally those that have answered the call. And that's what the church of Jesus Christ is. That's what Israel of old is, and that's what Israel of new is. Those that have answered God's call. Through whom he desires to call home to himself all his wayward children. And so we see um, Jesus um, calling Philip. And he just says to him, follow me. And there's something about Jesus. There's, a, there's an attraction in him. There's a, there's a power in him. And Philip just answers right away. And then Philip goes and calls Nathaniel. He says, come and see. We found the one. We found the Messiah. We found the Savior whom all the world has been waiting for, the one that Moses and the prophets spoke about. Who is that? Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. And then uh, Nathanael says this, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Why is he saying that? Well, Jews of that time looked upon Nazareth as people in the northeast tend to look upon the south. And um, it even works because there was a distinctive accent that people from, this is in this case, is in the north of, the, of Palestine or the Holy Land. Um, people from Galilee had a distinctive accent. And they were, they were reviewed, viewed as coming from a backward part of the country. They were viewed as being uh, bumpkins and not sophisticated and lagging behind the times. And Galilee was also famous for churning out false messiahs. So on the one hand, Nathaniel is a good and pious Jew. We'll hear more about that in a moment. He's a good and pious Jew, and he's longing for the coming of the successor of the King of David. He's longing for the coming of the Messiah, for the Savior, for the one who will bring God's shalom, peace between God and men and women, and peace in the human community. He's longing for the one who will come and restore and redeem and cleanse and make holy God's people. He's longing for the one who will come and fulfill all the promises of God, but he's longing for that, but can this really be it? And we can sympathize with Nathaniel because we live in a time which is not an age of faith, but an age of skepticism. And it is more natural for people of our Time of our milieu. In some ways it's more natural for us to disbelieve than to believe. In other times in history it's been more natural to believe than to disbelieve. But yet it's not altogether easy to disbelieve. And there is this voice. There's something which is knocking. There is this voice which is calling. You know that old gospel song, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling? There's a wonderful film. Uh, Robert Duvall, the actor, he made it with his own money. It's called The Apostle. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. In that film, they sing this song, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling. Calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's watching and waiting, waiting for you and for me. Come home home Ye that are weary come home earnestly and tenderly Jesus is calling calling o sinner come home there's a famous public intellectual David Berlinsky he's a he's a scientist quite a well-known scientist uh, very adept in mathematics as well in he's um, He's he's somebody who writes op-ed pieces in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and places like that. Um, One of the things that he's made a bit of a personal crusade is, as a scientist, debunking the overreaching pretensions of scientists. And he himself describes himself as an agnostic. But um, he he debated uh, the famous new atheist Richard Dawkins uh, who says you can't believe in science and God at the same time. And, and Berlinski is not a, he doesn't regard himself as a believer, but he regards that claim as being an unscientific claim, and so he publicly debated the man. Well, somebody asked Berlinski, he said, why, why, why aren't you an atheist then? Why do you say an agnostic? Um, you say you can't believe, but, but you don't describe yourself as an atheist, you describe yourself as an agnostic. And he said, well, he said, I'm a scientist. And he said, I can't quite bring myself to faith, but he said, I can't still the whispers. The whispers are everywhere. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He calls Philip, and Philip calls Nathaniel, and Nathaniel struggles with the call just as we struggle with the call. And Philip has the right advice for him. Come and see. We want to be certain first, and then if we're certain, we'll look into it. But we'll only find out if we come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Draw close to him and find out who he is. And so Nathaniel does that. And he encounters the power that is in Jesus Christ. I saw an interview recently between uh, Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, who was uh, uh, not with us anymore, but he was the um, Metropolitan of the Russian Orthodox Church in England, a very famous man. He had been a physician before he was converted to Christ, and he was being interviewed on the BBC, and he was being interviewed about questions that scholars had about the text of the Bible, and all those things are debatable. But he said, you know, he says it's not the text upon which our faith is based. Our faith is based upon an encounter with the living God, and so uh, Nathaniel encounters the living God. He again encounters the mysterious power that is in him that draws, and that, that draws us here. And then Jesus uh, says. Um, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. What in the world is he talking about? King James says no guile. I think it says uh, no, no, um, no deceit here. What's being referred to here? What Jesus is invoking here, the story of Jacob. Now, you remember Jacob. Jacob and Esau were the sons of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. And Jacob was a very clever, very clever person. And he tricked his brother out of his birthright. His brother traded his birthright for a bowl of porridge and his brother was so furious that he'd been tricked thusly that he had to flee. And he went to the place where Abraham's people had come from. And there he fell in love with a woman named Rachel and he made a deal with her father to marry her. But the father tricked him and made him marry Leah instead. And he worked seven more years and he finally got the girl of his dreams. And, uh, and then he also tricked his father-in-law and got more sheep out of his father-in-law than his father-in-law intended to give him. And that man was furious, and so he had to flee. Where's he gonna go but home? So he's, he's got an angry father-in-law on one side, and behold, his brother's coming out with an army on the other side. And he lays down by a river and puts a stone under his head, and he has a dream, and the heavens open in the Bible, the heaven's open. They're not. Heaven's not far away in the Bible. Heaven is near, and, and, the, and the heaven's open, and there are places that is the... Uh, behold, uh, uh, this is the meeting place between heaven and earth. And he has this dream, you know, this dream about Jacob's ladder and, and the angels. Isn't it interesting? The angels ascend and descend. Wouldn't you think they would descend and then ascend? Nope, they, uns, they ascend and descend. Why is that? They're here. God is not without his messengers they're here God is not without his message God is not without his word God is not without his call they're here and heaven's open and the angels ascend and descend and there is a meeting place between God and humanity and Jacob wrestles all night long with God and his name is changed from Jacob to Israel he's no longer called the supplanter the deceiver now he's called Israel the one who has wrestled with God and who is changed, marked by the encounter. So that's what Jesus is saying about Nathaniel. Here is one who has wrestled with God, is marked by the encounter. And Nathaniel feels uh, understood. Uh, and Jesus says uh, to him, I saw you um, under the fig tree. So what's the fig tree about? Well, the fig tree is a place where someone goes quietly to pray. But the fig tree also appears again and again in the Bible. It appears in the Garden of Eden. You remember that after they had sinned, they covered themselves with fig leaves? So it appears in the beginning when the trouble starts. But it also appears in the kingdom, where every person sits under his own vine and under his own fig tree. We've got the curse and the remedy, the problem and the solution, and Nathaniel is praying about that, and he's about praying about the, the one who can bring salvation. And when Jesus tells him this, he says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the Messiah, you are the Savior. And Jesus says to him, do you say that because I understood you? Look." You, in the first place, it's to him, Nathaniel, and then later, you, you and I also, all of us it's plural, will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What's he saying? What he's saying is that ladder that appeared to Jacob has come in person. It's coming in the person of Jesus Christ, the Lord, who spreads out his arms on the hardwood of the cross that the whole world might come within his saving embrace. In the iconography of the church, it is very customary, customary to superimpose the cross upon Jacob's ladder. Here is the uh, door of heaven. Here it is that the sacrifice of love ascends and the blessing of mercy, forgiveness, and new life descends. Here it is that heaven and earth are united. Men and women are reconciled to God and become reconciled to each other, and enemies become friends. This is the ladder that inspired the dream of Martin Luther King. This is the ladder that is the hope of the world. There's another old song, We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder. Some of you may may have grown up with that. It was a, 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 a song that was very popular during the Civil War. We are climbing Jacob's Ladder, Soldiers of the Cross. Every rung goes higher, higher, soldiers of the cross. Sinners, do you love my Jesus? Soldiers of the cross, sinners, do you love my Jesus? Soldiers of the cross, we are climbing Jacob's ladder. Every rung goes higher, higher. If you love him, why not serve him? If you love him, why not serve him? We are climbing Jacob's ladder, Soldiers of the cross. It's a noisy world that we're living in. And it's easy for the whisper to be shouted down. It's easy for the noise to make it hard to hear. But softly and tenderly he calls and without interruption, and without cessation, calling to you, and to me, and to all his children, come and climb the ladder, be reconciled to him, and be at peace with him, and with each other. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.